0: It's Red Friday, and it's time to make a stand. The Chiefs have to get it right at this point in the season with the AFC on the line. How do they get it done against the Patriots today on Locked On Chiefs?
1: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It is Red Friday. Welcome into Locked On Chiefs, your team every day for free on every platform, starting here on YouTube where you can like this video. You can sub to the channel so you see them all and get that notification turned on so you get a little message when we do something fun like go live tonight on a Thursday night before Thursday night football. We would appreciate it, and I think you'll enjoy it that way. You can also find us on every audio platform under the sun and on this planet starting with Spotify and over on Apple and everything in between, always for free, five days a week. We're brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs today, and if you want to find those qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonNFL. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply, as do they always. There's terms and conditions on getting a win. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to start where we start and see where we get to, but we'll finish up. With our predictions, we're going to give you a checklist of goals that they have to achieve. What are those matchups that are going to contribute, and how do they write the ship? We'll get started with that. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGRFootball.com, here on YouTube, as well as on the web. And my partner, Chris Clark, of Chiefs Corner, where you can get all your information on stats, cap, etc. Find him there, and if you want just that little bit more have a personal conversation with us around the major topics of the team on our text line at 816-357-8781. Get signed up for that today. Where we're going to start is, this is it. This is a team and a stretch of teams here with backup quarterbacks playing that this team ought to be beating. It is time to right the ship because you, my friends, are out of time if you don't figure it out right now.
1: Thank you to all the locos, first off, Uh but that's what we call our, our listeners that listen every day. So thank you to the Locos. Uh, but I, I smile when you say that because it's funny. I was watching Twitter. I was looking through Twitter today, and um, Ari Mirov, I think, was the guy that actually tweeted that out that they're going after or they're going to be playing all backup quarterbacks uh, in the future in the next four games. And Bill Williamson, who covers the Raiders, says that Aiden O'Connell is not a backup quarterback anymore. Uh, that is the coach's decision, which I think is kind of funny because so is Bailey Zappi. Uh, regardless. still oh, Yeah. <laughs> I just had to mention it. It, was, it cracked me up when I saw it. I was like, oh, well, yeah. yeah. So is Bailey Zappi. I mean, say what you want to say. It's all going to be backup quarterbacks here from here on out. So um,
0: it is what it is. It, it, you're absolutely right. And that's the way that it's got to be. So, what that does is set them up for that much more impetus on the fact that you got to get it done now. There's no more time for excuses. There is still a scenario, and we just went through this. Uh, my buddy Gary McKenzie over on our RGR ran through the math, as he is a mathematician, uh, of how the Chiefs can get back into the, the one seed. That is still a possibility. But the opposite is true as just well. About they, they could fall out if yep. they don't keep their eye on the prize. Cordarius Reed, thank you for pointing out uh, Chris has some new setup material there. Check out the jerseys behind him. I'm a little jealous, and I'm expecting a Christmas present, just going to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually just wrote about the, the playoffs, how the Chiefs can actually fall out, but uh, also how they can get the first seed. So uh, lots of people talking about that. So uh, you know, it's going to be fun to see how they can go about and in, in what they can do, and, and that's why this is a do or die, because at this point, if you cannot beat the Patriots, I'm sorry, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, I will say this just really quickly on the playoffs. Uh, they would have to lose two games and Denver would have to win out, I believe, with the way the playoff scenario works right
0: now. Uh, but playoff. it's still big question. Yeah. Uh, it, it, stranger things have happened, yes. Is it implausible? Yes. But that doesn't mean that especially in the building today – Canary's Tony, uh, a little bit fired up when asked about last week. And, and he is uh, he's adopted the Andy Reid, who's adopted the Bill Belichick. Hey, we're past that. We're moving on, right? We're on to the Patriots and stomping them. So that's the right way that they should be thinking. But it also shows you that there's a sensitive spot there. You have squandered some opportunities. How do you respond to your own failures? That's what we have to see this week. It comes down, I think, personally, we're, we're going to talk X's and O's the matchups in the things that they have to do to get the win—that's all coming up later in the show, folks. But beyond that, it's about the mentality of turning it around and and being a comfortable, being uncomfortable with the fact that you're no longer always the favorite. And uh, don't even look at Super Bowl odds if you don't want to get depressed because that's falling away rather quickly. But you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable in order to turn it around.
1: Yeah, you do. And actually, I think I saw something else on Twitter today where it said that the Chiefs were plus 600 to win the Super Bowl this year, and now they're plus 700. So with everything that they've gone through, odds have changed a little bit, but not near as drastically as you would think uh, based on the way they played. And just to clear some things up really quick, uh, I don't expect Ross to be active on Sunday. I don't expect them to make a move. Uh, And even if he does, I don't expect it to be something where he's going to be a huge Force in the game plan. Uh, I think he's still a year away from being able to really help this team. So we'll be interested to see that. And before we get into matchups, I want to talk about this really quick because this does play into the game, but it's not specifically a matchup per se. I want to see what Juan A. Morris has. And I think that's Mm -hmm. extremely important to see this week. Uh, And the reason I say it's not a matchup is because it's not dependent on who he's going against. It's because we have to see what the Chiefs have. This season, in that position, to see whether or not they're going to need something in the offseason. and I think that's huge for this game, even though it's not specifically just about
0: this game. Because the day, and I do mean the day after the Super Bowl, the Chiefs' last ball game, we will start talking about the draft here <laughs> and on RGR and on NFL 33 and everywhere else that we talk and Chiefs Corner, we'll talk draft. It well, we'll talk draft. I didn't want to speak for you so <laughs>
1: no it's fine I'll talk draft but all I'm also going to do a deep dive and I already said this to several people on Twitter I'm going to do a deep dive on cap uh, and I'm going to do a deep dive on positions so uh, it's all going to get covered in this offseason as soon as the Chiefs are out that's going to be something we're going to dive into
0: and it's not just whether he can perform one Morris in particular but the offense in general is is how can you respond can you come together now I expect at this point there's still a lot of room to grow. They started to pull some of the stuff out of the playbook, I believe, because from a coaching point of view, I, I, I think they're ready to start using it. The question is, can the players respond? And I think this is a week when you're looking at a team that's gone through its own adversity, uh, plenty of it to go around. It comes down to the quarterbacks and how you affect them. And this is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to take a different approach than I normally would suggest. We're going to go over the matchups that have to be won player on player, and then how they need to attack systemically in order to get that win. That checklist is coming up later with our predictions. But right now, we got to get after uh, finding you a way to get something done for you here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And how do you get the best candidates for your small business or my small business or any small business? It is that you go and you use the tools available to you at LinkedIn jobs. If you want those top tier candidates for your interview process, you have to check that out and get that tool that really does everything for you by putting the right professionals in your inbox faster and for free. It's super simple. You post your job up on LinkedIn jobs. You get that nice wraparound window on your profile that says that you're looking for help in your small business. That whole network of billions of professionals goes to work for you to find things. It's easy. And you get about 86% A small business, get qualified candidates within 24 hours. That's how quick and easy it is. You want those candidates so that you can whittle down and get the the person that you want to fill the role that you need. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, it's intuitive, it's easy, and it's super quick. They've launched this just to make your life easier, help you write job descriptions and everything else so that you can get the right people in the door so that you can make your decision. Post your job for free over at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free and get those candidates that you're looking for. Terms and conditions do apply. The conditions I have is everybody gets a matchup. Everybody's got to get a win. This is a team that uh, Zeke ran the ball right last week. Uh, I don't don't think Stevenson is going to be available. He hasn't practiced to this point in the week. So In relying on the run game, which Bill Belichick has been known to do, I don't know that there's a ton there this week. The Chiefs obviously got beat up a little bit in the run last week, and and we know in general the last few years that that's a way to look at it. So for me, matchup number one is just shore it all up. The interior defensive front, that means linebackers and defensive linemen need to shore up the run game and just take that option away. Everything else flows from that in this particular offense in new England. And I think that's step number one to getting the job done.
1: Really hard to disagree with you. And I actually think that Nick Bolton is one of the biggest keys to this. And it's the big question that I have right now is whether or not he's going to play. He's been limited in practice. The first two days, I would kind of lean towards the fact that he's probably going to play on Sunday. uh, But that's a big question, Mark. If he doesn't Mm -hmm. play, you go back to a guy in drew tranquil who looks like he's going to play this week. Uh, And I think you got to feel pretty good about having him back. But Drew Tranquil is much better against the pass than he is against the run. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him in the run game. But Nick Bolton is the guy that needs to be helping them when it comes to stopping the run. And I agree with you. The defensive line needs to step up and do it. Uh, And I know we haven't talked about this, but I know that that you are probably hurting just a little bit inside, knowing that your boy Keandre Coburn is gone uh, to the Tennessee Titans. Which would have been something that maybe could have helped uh, going into this game. So one of the other things that I think we should mention, there are questions Mike Edwards may not be able to play. He's out with an illness again today. That's two days in a row. Something to watch for on Sunday. They may have to have two safeties up from the practice squad to be able to play.
0: And that's going to be difficult. And you guys know how I felt about... Bailey Zappi, if you haven't, I've been a proponent for him for a couple of specific reasons. One of them is he does have the arm strength to, to attack backup safeties in the deep portion of the field. We're going to get to that coming up here in, in a little bit, and it is going to be part of the scenario. But uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, folks, anytime Chris can give me static about something that I would like that isn't going to work out, you're going to hear it on this show. That's that's what he did thinly veiled there for a little bit, and I just want to make sure that we're not we're not sliding past that. <laughs> hey, you
1: know, it's just it's fun. No, I really like Keandre Coburn as well. I, I wish that he would have worked out in Kansas City. And it sucks that he's in, in Tennessee right now. They need defensive tackle help. They're going to need defensive tackle help in this next year's draft. And they're not going to have the draft picks to go and get that position unless they, you know, unless they hit on some other positions. That's a position they're desperately going to need to fill. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about the, that in the offseason. Uh, but they've got to get better against the run. That's one of the big things going in this game. For me, and I know you're talk. You want to talk player on player, but I can't do that in this instance. I have to say it's Spags versus Zappy, and mm-hmm. I say that because he is going to throw the book at Zappy. I know Zappy's not a rookie, but he hasn't played a ton. Uh, I guarantee you, Spags is going to have some things dialed up for him, and I guarantee you, it's going to be early on. I don't think that they're going to sit back. I think they're going to be attacking him from the start and seeing what they can get him to do. So I think that's something that could play big in this game and they have to win those matchups early
0: and get home. Normally I would agree with you. That would be what I think is is for the vast majority of quarterbacks the best thing to do is try to speed them up. But let me ask you this. If I gave you a line that included 19 completions for on 28 attempts for 68% of your passes. 3 touchdowns, one interception and 240 yards in the air with a, an 8.6 YPA. That sounds Does that sound like a day out for Patrick Mahomes? You're not sure? You think so? Uh, I get it. I
1: still think he's going to throw stuff at him. I I understand.
0: (laughs) I'm just just saying. That was Bailey's line last week. And here's the thing. The the three things that he did well is he had an adequate arm strength to go to the deep quarter. That means 30-plus for me in terms of yardage. He understands how to read quickly and he makes quick decisions. And so that's why in, in kind of a reversal for what I think is probably the best way to attack most quarterbacks for him, it's about disguise and coverage for me. Because you want to show him one thing and then give him something else with probably seven guys playing coverage, in my opinion.
1: And that's, I guess, where I was really coming from. I'm not saying that they have to show blitz all the time. I'm just saying that I expect them to throw things at him that he hasn't seen. And to me, that does go into design, that does go into coverage, that does go into trying to figure out where the, the coverage, or, you know, where the, the rushers are coming from. And maybe you go eight in coverage at different times. Maybe you know on a down where you think it's like third and long and they're going to send the, the house at him. Um, maybe you go eight in coverage. And I know people will hate that at times. But the reality is, is if you can get him guessing, if you can get him to the point where he has to guess at what's coming versus knowing what's coming, you're going to be winning in that matchup.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, My last uh, prime matchup that will decide this game, and this is unfortunately going to be hurtful for most of of Chiefs' kingdom, and I think think you and I feel the same way as as most of Chiefs' kingdom. It's about stopping Juju Smith-Schuster, who could have been in a Chiefs' uniform this year. Let's not get hung up on that fact. You got a nice matchup because you're going to have Trent McDuffie on him quite a bit. Is he going to be out wide as well? Yes, but you're going to be able to put Snead or McDuffie on him a lot. Tom Montgomery's going to line up in the slot as well, but you're going to see Juju in there. I think that's how you slow down this pass attack because other than Hunter Henry, who had an explosive game last week for the New England Patriots, I'm not so sure that's repeatable. I do think that that was scheme specific in that particular game. Maybe they try to use the tight end to attack the safeties if they're on the field. But if you're talking about Justin Reed being back and then we'll see if Shamari Connor stays as one of the two high, we'll find out. I think we're comfortable there. It really comes down to moving the ball with Juju Smith-Schuster. And if you can slow him down with one of your top corners, which should be the matchup there, I feel comfortable about that. Do you agree? Or do you think there's something more important in stopping the pass game? It's going to
1: be interesting. Um, because when I look at this, uh, there are so many wide receivers that they have on the injury report right now. You don't know who's going to play. I would assume Juju is going to play, but he's limited right now. Uh, four of their wide receivers are limited, I believe, uh, going into today. And I mean that—that that makes it hard to know who you're going to be playing at wide receiver. <laughs> well, I would figure. Uh, the one thing I would say, and the in the question I would the question I would pose to you really quickly though is. Do you believe that Snead is going to travel with him? And the reason I pose that is because to me, in my mind, if they think that that's the way they're going to want to play in the playoffs, you continue to practice that week in and week out, regardless of whether or not they have legitimately a number one wide receiver that you want shut down.
0: Yeah. Um, In the words of one of my favorite position coaches, he used these two phrases, not often together, but a lot. He's like, uh, I love beast some juju, but the Chiefs ain't scared. I don't think they're going to feel like they need to make Legere, especially if you're talking about having to have to flip possibly into the slot. Juju's not going to cross the whole formation and line up at the other wide spot. He's going to go into or out of the slot a lot. And so I think they're very comfortable with the handoff to McDuffie there. That's what I would expect.
1: Okay. And it could be. I'm just curious to see how that ends up because I th- I do think that that could play into something that they're looking at uh, when you start looking at the rest of the schedule. You want to continue to practice how you play, how you think you're going to be playing in January and, and uh, in February. So I, I do think that could play into you know the the other matchup that I'm really curious about is and I go back to kind of cheating a little bit is Travis Kelsey versus Bill Belichick. Uh, and the reason that's my matchup is it's not Patrick Mahomes. It's because what does Belichick always do? It's the, He takes away your best two weapons, your best weapon for sure, and probably two. So how does Travis combat that? How does he find open spaces? And how does he pull the defense from other players to be
0: able to get the rest of the team open? That is going to be the main questions. And I have a couple of answers for you. We're going to give you those answers in the checklist for the win and the predictions coming up right after this.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holidays can be a tough time for people, you know, trying to see friends and family that can be happy or it can be sad. If you're looking for somebody to try to help you get through the holidays, if you're just looking for somebody to help you get through, maybe you're looking at next year and you're trying to make New New Year's resolutions and you're looking at your job and saying, "Eh, maybe I need to make a change. BetterHelp is a place that you can go to get some of that help. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on.
0: Now, as we change, it's usually we go over goals to go, and and I wanted to get a little bit more business-like in in this last couple of weeks of the season as i think the team needs to to just check check boxes what do you have to do to get that win and for me it comes down to a couple of different uh aspects of this game you've touched on several of them uh in your matchups that are key but for me it's the question marks you talked about bill belgic's propensity to take away well, your best option sometimes your best two options so I know it goes against kind of like the standard thinking, but Bill Belichick will recognize Rasheed Rice as the number two option in the pass game for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if he if he does go down that road, is Rasheed Rice is t- being taken away. If he's getting bracketed as well as Travis, someone's got to step up. I personally love what they did with the running backs last week, whether it was the screen game with Clyde or, or the straight swing game with McKinnon. I think they're two viable guys. We don't know about Isaiah Pacheco. If Isaiah Pacheco misses this game, I think that's fine for his longevity and probably a good thing for his longevity. I don't think it necessarily dooms them in, in the run game or anything in this particular game. But I don't know if they can survive with the running backs taking up all the slack. So is there anyone? Find someone, push someone out there. I don't care if it's Justin Ross who just showed up, you know, from dealing pizzas or whatever. Like someone's got to step up and be that third weapon in the pass game. I'm not sure that they know who that is. We might find out during this ball game.
1: I know that people are going to hate it, but I think Kadarius Tony started to show that he could be that guy. I know he had a drop. I know he had the horrible penalty. But what they used him for last week and how they used him was something that I hadn't seen. They haven't done this season. And if they continue to use him in that aspect, running him out of the backfield gives him another option. Uh, and then throwing to him and giving him some actual wide receiver routes, which he can run, I think is a great way to get started. The other side of this, and we've talked about this, uh for multiple weeks now and it hasn't happened and I just don't understand why they've gone away from him Noah Gray is a guy that needs to get involved in the offense I'm not saying he needs 10 targets but he needs three or four uh he needs to be running the routes that he's been successful on this year and he needs to take some snaps away from Travis and I know people won't like that either but you know what he needs a little bit more rest uh and I think Noah Gray can take over some of those snaps and be successful
0: Yeah, I I will not argue, especially because he generally gets ignored by other teams' coverage, so why not? Use the tools that are in front of you. Someone's got to step up. The other thing for me is you've got to be creative in doing something they haven't done much if your name's not Trent McDuffie. They have to take the ball away. You guys know, we've talked about ad nauseum. I like Bailey Zapp. He's a guy, honestly, in a year or two, I'd love to see him as as the Chiefs backup, to tell you the truth. Would love to have him as a safety net. But he will put the ball in what he feels is a is a doable tight window that maybe the defender has a chance to take the ball away. I think there will be opportunities in this ball game because of what he has to do to get the ball out on time and to a target. So take the ball away. I wish Brian Cook was here. Trevor McDuffie's gonna have a shot. Jerry Snee's gonna have a shot. Who else can step up and do that? Is it gonna be Chamari Connor again? Especially if Mike Edwards can't go. That's probably who I'd put my money
1: did you see okay so i watch a lot of i I look at twitter a lot and i i do watch film but i haven't had a chance to really watch the all 22. Uh, i think nick jacobs actually did an all 22 film on Tamari connor's interception he was all the way across the field read where the quarterback was going and made it all the way back across the field to make the interception that shows you how impressive he could be as a player for the chiefs in the future uh, I think his future is bright. So I, I do think that he could have another interception this week, especially against a guy like Bailey Zappi, who hasn't played near as many games uh, as somebody like Josh Allen. So I think that that could play into the, to how this goes. You know, the other thing to me is run the ball 15 to 20 times. And I know, you know you'll, you're know you going to love that. Yeah, I knew you would love that. Uh, but you were effective <laughs> I mean, you last week. You were effective last week. It doesn't have to be 15 to Clyde. It doesn't have to be 15 to Jarek it could be five to Clyde, five to Jarek and five more to get areas. Tony run the ball, just Mm -hmm. use the running game at times and, and continue to use the running game. Don't go away from it in the, in the third or fourth quarter. If it's been working in the first two Um, and, and above all the biggest checklist item for me, take care of the ball. Don't turn the ball over. And I think you're going to be golden in this game. The, the easiest way that the Patriots are going to beat you is if you get to a point where you were negative two or three in the, pl- in the turnover margin, and then you risk a real chance of losing this game.
0: True. True. And, and you know, another unpopular shout out Clyde Edwards, ran hard last week after contact, pushing the pile. Uh, he, he looked and probably about as explosive as have we seen since his rookie year. To tell you the truth. Screen game is going to be important as well. Sprinkle that in and use those guys to their best and utmost for this offense, which needs that spark right now. I, I'm completely with you. So well, that
1: and, said – He looked good catching the ball too. Sorry. I I thought he looked good catching the ball. And the other guy that, that we should have mentioned besides Kadarius Tony is Richie James probably needs to be on the field a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I think – what would you be happy with target-wise for him?
1: Four. Double yep. what he had last week Um, okay. and see if he can produce. I mean, if he, the big key is, does he produce? He had one last week where some people won't call it a drop, but it was a drop. The ball hit him in the hands before he was hit. He He's a professional wide receiver. You need to come down with the ball. Yeah, uh, agreed. So at this point, you know, if he can produce, then you keep targeting him. If he can't produce, then that's a different issue. I mean, don't continue throwing the ball where he's not going to give you anything, but. The other problem that they're running into is they're only running them out there for 10 snaps. Uh, And the bigger problem that I think that they're really having right now is they've rotated so many wide receivers through that aren't being productive at all. And now you're in a situation where you want to get Richie James involved. And if you bring up a guy like Justin Ross, you're just doing the same thing where you're rotating too many guys
0: through. You can't focus. Right. Well, I'll even double down on that. Remember when we were talking about who could be the third, who can step up into that role. Maybe it is Richie James, a guy with veteran experience. Yes, well, he had what, yeah. a penalty for dropping the ball in New York, and now we're seeing that again at, at times. But if he can lock that down, if he can move the chains, I don't need him to be a game breaker. I need him to be a move, uh, a chain mover is what I need. Yeah,
1: yeah you need him to get open at the, at the opportune times and important on third down. And the one thing I will say is you can't go through this game and not target Rasheed Rice on third down. Uh, I think they had one third down target of him last week, and that is criminal. <laughs> you need yeah. to get him the ball – on third down, he is one of your playmakers, and uh, I think he's what third in the NFL uh, uh, wide receiver in yak. Uh, and for as many tar, and he's way down on the target list. It's ridiculous yeah. how much yak he is able to create. And one of the things that's going to be looked at in the offseason is how can you add a wide receiver on the other side that will complement his ability to get yak? And I think that's a big deal.
0: I completely agree. His name is Xavier, worthy. Everybody go watch him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I will tell you this: at some point, McCole Hardman will come back to this team, and I think he will be in this mix as well. But for right now, I would like to see that very much the same way. Now, this is a noon kick, and so for me, that changes things. If this were a night game, I'd think it'd be more difficult, and uh, the friendly kind finds w- would help the Patriots. In the end, this is this is a a pissed off and kind of half broken Chiefs team that needs to figure their stuff out. I think that's a bad sign for the New England pay- Patriots. And as much as I like Bailey Zappi. I don't think he's going to be able to guide them for enough. Could Thornton go off and maybe they hook up like that? Could could Hunter Henry have another day, especially against the Chiefs linebackers if Drew Tranquil is not there? Those are certainly possibilities. But I think overall the offense gets to the point where, hey, everyone's talking about us as though we can't do it anymore. This is a prove-it game. I think that they get it done. I think the Chiefs win
1: 28-17. I'm going to go with what I said on the crossover. I'm going to say 24-10 to 10 or 24-14, to 14, somewhere in that range. Uh, I don't think that the Patriots get to more than 20 points. I don't think they even get close to 20 points. Um, I, I do think it's probably going to be a two-score game when this is done, and it should be a two-score game. The Chiefs are a better team than the Patriots, but they have to quit beating themselves, and that's exactly what I said on the crossover yesterday. If they continue to beat themselves, this will be a closer game than it should be, and they could lose. But if they take care of business and they hold on to the ball, and they it, it doesn't even have to be a situation where you have no drops. One or two drops a game is not going to kill you. Obviously, timing can change that, but it's not going to kill you. It's get rid of you know six or seven penalties and get down to you know three or four a game versus ten a game, and don't turn the ball over like you have been turning the ball over. If you do those things, you will win this game, and you should win it pretty cleanly. Uh, the biggest thing is don't turn, the, especially don't turn the ball over and give your defense a short field because this defense can stop you if they make them have to drive long. Yeah,
0: I agree. What do you all think is going to happen? Leave your comment below with your score prediction or who you think is going to be the breakout player of the game. Offense, defense, doesn't matter. I'd love to hear your opinions. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell here on YouTube. Get subbed over on Spotify and or Apple or any audio platform that you prefer because if you can get a podcast on it, you can get us for free five days a week just like the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. And go check out the Locked On Sports Today stream. It's 24-7. It's all of our shows rolled in together. You will see us as part of that group, but you'll get all your information in a stream that is always there for you here on YouTube. It's at Locked On Sports Today. You'll be, uh, there's a link in the notes, and you'll be able to be sent to it after this particular show. So check that out. Get subbed. We would appreciate it. This has been a tough week in Chiefs Kingdom. I think they do get right. I hope you guys are ready for it. Enjoy your weekend. Early kick for once for the Kansas City Chiefs. We will be live post-game with Matt Derrick. Don't miss us then. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you then.